Well, we are in the second week of the message series focused on the book of Haggai. And if you haven't read it yet, I would uh, encourage you to sit down and do that this week. It's just a couple of chapters, so it won't take you very long. Before we get into the book this week, though, I want to do a little catch-up for those who maybe missed the first week of the series and give you a little backdrop on the story of Haggai. Early in the, the Bible, we find God bringing his people out of slavery in Egypt and after 40 years wandering around in the desert, uh, bringing them into the promised land. And that first generation into the promised land was pretty faithful in following God and his ways. But after that, they were kind of on again and off again, depending on who the king was and uh, whether they were following God or not. But uh, eventually, they, they just wandered so far off into sin and uh, into idol worship but that God allowed them to be taken off into exile in Babylon. So the Babylonians came down into Jerusalem in 587 B.C., and they just demolished Jerusalem. They burned everything to the ground, including this beautiful, magnificent temple that Solomon had built. And so they they carried everyone off into exile. And uh, two weeks ago, we read from Psalm uh, 137 that kind of gives us a picture of what that was like for them. It said that we they hung their harps on the poplar poplar trees and wept as they were being carried off into exile. Uh, and their their captors were tormenting them. Sing us the songs of joy of Zion, you know. And then we don't really have to guess what it was like when they, uh, this new king came into power and he allowed the exiles to re- return to Jerusalem to rebuild the temple. And uh, we read about that in Psalm 126 where it says, When the Lord brought back the captives to Zion, which is Jerusalem, we were like those who dreamed. So it was like, uh, we thought somebody was going to pinch us, and we'd wake up, and we, you know, we'd be back in Babylon, but that wasn't true. Uh, they were actually going back to their homeland. We were like those who dreamed. We were filled with laughter, and we sang for joy. So you can kind of imagine these 42,000 people headed back to Zion, singing the songs of Zion as they, as they went, teaching them to the younger people around the campfires at night. They returned with joy, and they began to rebuild the temple. They started with the altar, started with the foundation, but as often happens when you're doing anything of significance for God, they came up against opposition. The people that were already there in the land weren't very happy about them rebuilding this wonderful temple to worship their this God. And so uh, another king was ruling in Persia at the time, and they convinced him to call a halt to the work. So they, uh, this unfinished temple sat there for over 14 years. The Jewish people went on with their lives. They built their own really nice fancy houses while God's work was kind of set aside and uh, left unfinished. And we're, we're starting the year in the book of Haggai because the story of Haggai is a story that we can all relate to. Even though their circumstances were very different from ours, we all know what it's like to give up on something. To, to say, I can't do this anymore, to, to say, I quit, to, to just leave things unfinished. And the book of Haggai is the story of God sending the prophet Haggai to his people to get them back on track, to say, go back to work, uh, finish what you started. 
And the invitation of last week's message, or two weeks ago, um, is, as we read chapter 1, was to rededicate your life to Jesus Christ. To think about those things that maybe he called you to, that you had left unfinished, and, and to recommit yourself to the work that God's given you. This week we're going to look at chapter 2 and talk about how to overcome the barriers that keep us from finishing the things that we start. So if you want to pull out your message notes, turn with me in your Bibles to, to the book of Haggai. And we left off two weeks ago, the prophet Haggai had brought this message to God's people, uh, the Israelites, to tell them to start working on the temple again. And they, when they realized, you know, got this aha moment of what was happening, um, that God was with them, uh, they went back to work. So they, that's where chapter 1 ends. Well, less than one month later, uh, you know how long a month is, right? 30 days, not very long in the scheme of things. Uh, they, they gave up again, so, which is kind of odd, you know, because they were all excited about this, we're all in, and then one month later they quit again. They stopped. And uh, they, they might not be that different than us. We're one month into the new year, right? How are those New Year's resolutions going? <laughs> Anybody that's gone without chocolate for a month knows how long a month is, right? All right. Well, there's no chocolate mentioned in the story of Haggai. They had a different kind of challenge. So we're going to look at Haggai chapter 2, find out why they gave out at such a, in such a short span of time. Chapter 2, starting in verse 1. In the second year of King Darius, on the 21st day of the seventh month, so on the 24th day of the six months is when they started building the temple again, and they quit. The word of the Lord came through the prophet Haggai. Speak to Zerubbabel, son of Shealtiel, governor of Judah, to Joshua, son of Jezodak, and the high priest and the remnant of the people, and ask them, who of you is left who saw this house in its former glory? How does it look to you now? Does it not seem to you like nothing? All right, so they started. Then they stepped back and looked at what they were doing, and they quit. And Haggai was speaking about 66 years after the temple had been destroyed. So in this group of exiles that came back were people who had seen Solomon's temple in all of its glory. Some of them were priests who knew every nook and cranny of it. And, and um, when they began rebuilding the temple and they stepped back and looked at the start that they had and, and kind of pictured what it was going to look at, the book of Ezra says that they stopped and they wept. Uh, it just didn't stack up. And the fact of the matter is that there will often be barriers to completing the assignments that God gives us to so before we look on a little further in chapter 2 at the message that Haggai had for the Israelites, I want to look at some of the barriers that they faced and that we will face as well during our uh, lifetime. And as you think about the work that maybe you left unfinished last year or maybe for a while now, uh, see if you recognize some of these barriers, okay? So in your message notes, two barriers to finishing what you start. The first is... Fear of opposition. The Israelites came back from Babylon to build the temple. They were all excited about the work that they'd been given. 
And they got started on it, but then they faced some opposition. And we read that story in Ezra 4, 4 through 5. It says, Then the peoples around them set out to discourage the people of Judah and make them afraid to go on building. They bribed officials to work against them and frustrate their plans during the entire reign of Cyrus, king of Persia, and down to the reign of Darius, king of Persia. So they so they were facing this opposition. It was persistent. And uh, then Haggai comes and uh, tells them to get back on track. But this story is a great reminder to us that you can be right in the very center of God's will and come up against opposition. You can be doing that thing that God intended for you to do from the beginning of time and run into barriers. In fact, it's when we are doing something uh, that's of great importance in the kingdom of God, we're most likely to come up against opposition. You know, the, the devil, the enemy, doesn't like it when God's kingdom expands and his kingdom gets smaller. He doesn't like it when you uh, use your life in a way that honors God and brings glory to God. So just because something is that you're doing is hard, uh, it, it takes persistence, it takes patience. Uh, just because there's someone that opposes you doesn't mean that you've missed God's will or that you're uh, on the wrong track. Uh, you should just continue to keep going as you feel God's leading. And Zerubbabel and the Jewish exiles were right where God wanted them, but they gave up and they quit. So Haggai's message gets them back on track, but then they come up against a second barrier. And that second barrier to finishing was discouragement. The opposite of being encouraged is to be discouraged, right? And when the people saw this new temple and how small it was and and how lackluster it was compared to the temple that Solomon had built. They got discouraged and they quit. And discouragement is one of the enemy's favorite weapons. If he can get you discouraged, uh, he can slow down God's work. He can put God's, uh, cause you to put God's work on hold. And in the story of Haggai, we see two reasons uh, for their discouragement. And, and these can be true for us as well. The first was lack of progress. You know, it just wasn't going uh, like they thought. You know, it wasn't easy to rebuild the temple. It was hard clearing away all that rubble, going up into the mountains, bringing down the timber. Uh, it was slow work. And it's easy to give up when things aren't going as quickly as we hoped. You know, that person's not changing as fast as we hoped they would or... You know, the church isn't growing as fast as uh, you would like. And that's exactly what happened to the people of God. They were, we're going to do this. We're, we're going to answer God's call. We're going to get back on track. And then one month later, when things didn't go as they had hoped and expected, they got incredibly discouraged. And they were discouraged by the lack of progress. They were discouraged because of comparison. And that's a, the second thing that can cause us to be discouraged. You know, comparison is a great way to demoralize yourself, to demoralize uh, your kids or others. And when we compare, when we compare our accomplishments to someone else, you're either going to come out with two results. One, you end up full of pride, or you end up discouraged. 
And God's advice to them is the same advice that he gives us, and that is don't compare. Don't compare your stuff. Don't compare your ministry to someone else's ministry. Don't, in, don't com- compare your looks to other people's looks. Opposition and discouragement were two barriers that the Israelites faced, and we'll face those kinds of barriers as well. So in the time that we have left, I want to go back to this story of Haggai and get some direction on how we can overcome the barriers that we face when we try to finish the work God gives us. So the first bit of advice that we find from this story is, number one, remember that God is with you. Uh, God sent Haggai to remember to remind the leaders and the people that he was with them. We read in Haggai 2, verses 4 through 5, But now be strong, Zerubbabel, declares the Lord. Be strong, Joshua, son of Josedach, the high priest. Be strong, all you people of the land, declares the Lord, and work. For I am with you, declares the Lord Almighty. This is what I covenanted with you when you came out of Egypt, and my spirit remains among you. Do not fear. You know, God is a promise-keeping God. He's promised to be with us. The very last words that Jesus said uh, and recorded in the book of Matthew are, Lo, I am with you always, even till the end of the age. We have a covenant with, with God, too. And he covenants to be with us. So that's why you never need to be discouraged or afraid. You're not alone. God is with you. Remember, God loves you. He's present with you. And then the second way to finish strong the work that God's given you is to overcome barriers through faith. So the first time the Jewish people quit working was because of fear. The second time they quit was because of discouragement. And you're going to have barriers that you need to face as well. But we face those and overcome them through faith in God. And our, our memory verse for this series is 1 Corinthians fifteen fifty-eight. It's uh, Paul's kind of Haggai call to the people of his time. Let's read this together if, if it's in there. Okay. Therefore, my dear brothers and sisters, stand firm. Let nothing move you. Always give yourself fully to the work of the Lord, because you know that your labor in the Lord is not in vain. 1 Corinthians fifteen fifty-eight. Paul exhorts the people to be strong and courageous. Don't let anything move you or discourage you. Give yourself fully to the work that God's given you. Nothing you do is ever wasted. It does, you don't have to compare it to somebody else's, even if it's not as good or flashy, or uh, even if you don't sing like so-and-so, those kinds of things. Nothing you ever do in the Lord is ever wasted. So when the Israelites got over their fear and started working, God began to work on their behalf too. And we read in Ezra that God uh, actually sent a message to the Samaritans who were opposing them, Not God, the king. Did I say God? God through the king, whatever. (laughs) Anyway, uh, he sent this message that not only were the Samaritans supposed to allow them to rebuild the temple, they were supposed to supply food and, you know, wood and all this stuff. And anybody that uh, didn't help them or allow them to continue, uh, a timber was supposed to be pulled out of their home and they were to be impaled on it. So this was a pretty strong 
message that just kind of uh, would have changed the attitude of the Samaritans quite significantly. And, And as is true for the Israelites, when we begin to do the work that God gives us, God will work on our behalf as well. Probably not to have people impaled, but... All right, that was the king, not God. (laughs) All right, number three, be willing to do the hard work. Be willing to do the hard work. That's, That's it. Be willing to do the hard work. Haggai said, be strong and courageous and do the work. And last week we talked about those three easy steps that he gave the Israelites. He said, God told them, go up to the mountains, bring down the timber, build my house. The instructions were simple. The guidelines were clear. The work was hard, right? (laughs) I mean, I I have never climbed a mountain before. I imagine it's pretty difficult in and of itself. And then I don't know how how hard it is to bring a log down, let alone enough logs to build a temple. Uh, I don't know if they floated them down a river, rolled them down the mountain I don't know how they got them down but I do know this it was hard it was hard work and to finish what you start often takes work and sometimes that work can be very hard it can be emotionally hard it can be uh, physically hard it can be relationally hard but the great news is we don't have to be strong in our own power we live in New Testament times and the New Testament teaches us that when we are weak He is strong. And the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead lives in us. And so we have that power available to us. And that means when you feel discouraged, when you feel like you can't go on, when you feel like I can't do this anymore, when you have come to that point where you say, I quit, if you go to God, he will be strong. You are a great candidate for his strength to be strong through you. Be strong and courageous. You know, working on a broken relationship is hard. Uh, Sometimes forgiving someone is hard. Uh, Taking time out of your schedule. When you'd like to go home from work and put your feet up and and, uh, uh, instead going to real life and serving. (laughs) Working in the children's ministry. Those kinds of things. Those kinds of things are hard. And they require sacrifice. Uh, Getting out of debt. It's hard. You do that one paycheck at a time. You put one rock in the wall at a time. And you put another rock in the wall. And you just keep going. The message of Haggai is the time is now. The time is now to get back to work, to make God's priorities your priorities. The time is now. That's, that was Haggai's message to them. That's God's message to us. And you know, I was thinking about Rick and Shelley's accident and what a reminder it is to us that we don't know how many days we have on earth. God calls us to be faithful each day, to do what he's called us to do in that day. You know, when it comes to loving and caring for others, forgiving and mending relationships, reaching out to those who don't yet have a relationship with Jesus Christ, being a voice for those who don't have a voice, the time is now. And if there's anybody that hasn't taken that step to ask Jesus into your life, to give your life to him, 
uh, the time is now. It, it's, this is the time that God is calling you to take that step. Invite him into your life and experience life that's really life. Would you pray with me? Loving God, we, we thank you that, um, as Forrest was saying to the kids, your word is a light unto our feet. We thank you that you haven't left us, that you've given us these ancient words that uh, are ever true to guide us. And it doesn't matter if it's a story about Haggai and some exiles uh, 2,500 years ago. Whatever it is, God, you can use it for our good. And we pray that you'll speak to us, help us to recommit ourselves, recommit ourselves as individuals and as a church to the work you've got for us this year because we know how eternally important it is. And I pray for anyone here who hasn't received you as Lord and Savior that they'll take that step and give their lives to you and do that. And we ask these things in Jesus' name. All right, let's have the ushers come and receive the offering.
Heavenly Father, we thank you for all that you've blessed us with. And we, we bring these, we ask that you use them for your purposes and your glory. For we know that the time is now to, to do your work and to offer everything we have for you and your purposes. We pray these things in Jesus' name.